This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for shining on today. We have just one guest today, and it's healer Steve Quinn. If you've been listening for the past couple of weeks, you may have heard a couple of his meditations that we've dropped in. I'm going to give everyone the opportunity to get to know this man really well. This is the first in probably three or four interviews that we'll be having with Steve, so you can truly understand in a deep, deep way what it means to experience a healing and what it means to be a healer. There's just so much here. And I'm so excited to share this conversation with you, the first of many. If you're multitasking, Google quitwithquinn.com while you listen to this. He's here in the Hudson Valley, and he's open to talking to everyone everywhere about healing addictions and mind and spirit. This is Steve Quinn. My work is helping people to break addictions. That's the main thing that I do. I also I help people basically what I'm called, people call me a healer. And that's, you know, that's an interesting phrase because what is a healer? People do come to me for all kinds of things. I had somebody come just yesterday looking to, they want to believe in something higher and be integrated in their life with something higher, but finding that they're not able to really fully believe or not able to write themselves in. And I can help people with that kind of thing. So did you set out to become a healer? No. (laughs) Did you set out to become a spiritual counselor? No. What did you set out to do? I, I, <laughs> that's a good question. I didn't, I didn't know. I knew that I was drawn into the healing arts in one way or another. I started out thinking I was going to be a physical therapist. And then it's like if you're, you know, on Google Maps and you zoom in and you know you're in America, but now you want to go to North Carolina or something. And then, then you hone in and you get the exact location. Right. So it's unfolded to me over years. What was the last thing you were before you became healer, spiritual counselor? Well, really, that was it. I started into it. I've been doing this. For, I'm 42. I've been doing this for doing healing for like 24 years since I started into it early when right. I was about 18. What did your first session look like as a healer, spiritual person, and maybe uh, is it different now? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first person would have been a friend just practicing, like, hey, I, I've learned this thing, how to clean a person's aura. I mean, what an interesting thing to learn how to clean someone's aura and then do it and then find that there's all kind of good results from that. So more practicing at first. Then my first client client was uh, coming to quit smoking, somebody that my dad had worked with for years and years. And he said, oh, he's he's into this thing. She came and she had been a smoker for about 30 years and then she, she stopped. Okay. So can you see aura? Um, no. Sometimes Sometimes I see bits of it when I'm working. Right. More colors, things like this. Can you sense it? It's more I can sense it. Yeah. I'm more, some some people can see incredibly well. I think that would distract me because I also teach. And I think if you're teaching and you're working with a room full of people and you're seeing everything, you'd get distracted. Right. Um, It it would be a very good, useful tool to develop, but you need an accompanying mental toughness and and ability to focus and not have that distract you. A discipline to say, you know, in your seventh chakra, you've got this thing, right? Right, right. Something like that. Um, So you can sense aura. Who taught you to clean an aura? Um, I've I've had various teachers. I've had an 
incredible lady and she's in Germany now, done healings for probably 40 years. Um, I've, I've trained with a, a lot of different people. In Israel I traveled and worked with some people there who, that's when I first got introduced to, hey, you can do this and help people with addictions. I never thought that I would work with addictions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't, addiction wasn't really a part of my life growing up. So right. I just came into it through various teachers. And then since then, it, that's, you know, 20 years ago, I've really developed this on my own. So you can sense what's going on in an aura. So I'm guessing that an addiction is an energy pattern in an aura? That's right. Okay. Yeah. It's an imbalance. There's a few ways to answer that. It's whenever you do something in repetition, you develop almost like like little pathways in the aura. And then just like a path becomes a bigger cart path, becomes a road, becomes a highway over over a long period of time, it's like that in the aura. Okay. So you travel certain roads, just like in the brain. A um, brain pathway forms, and then it's easier to go down that and easier to go down that. That's why, you know, they say it takes 10,000 hours to become good at anything. Right. That's because pathways get grown over 10,000 hours. Right. And say an addiction is just a not useful thing that a person has taken up. We have an energy center that keeps habits for us. So you learn how to drive a car, you learn how to walk, brush your teeth, whatever. And then you don't have to learn again. You can just refine it, do it better, but it's there. You don't have to wake up in the morning and think, I have to remember how to drive my car to work. It's there. So with addiction, it's it's basically it's just something not useful that you've put into your, you've introduced your system to. And then it keeps keeps it playing. Another overlay is that the brain likes candy. The yeah. brain likes a thrill. So if a life is bored or stressed, they'll go for this thing to calm down or be excited or whatever it is. It should be a temporary thing, if at all, mm-hmm. to then move into something better. When it overcomes, overtakes a life, that's when you'd call it an addiction. So when you met me, could you sense in my aura that I can destroy a family-sized bag of Ruffles potato chips? <laughs> no, no. You know, I'm not that sensitive. Okay. Um, it's more people tell me what's going on right. in them. So if I told you, like, I really have a thing with salt, and I'll lick the bag. Right. Right. Then you can help me. Yeah. With yeah. that addiction. Yeah. If you decided you wanted to stop that. Oh, I don't. Then, then, <laughs> then, oh, <laughs> then, I don't. then we're just chatting. But, but if I wanted to stop that, and you were going to help me with break that addiction. Yeah. How do you do that? Do you use your mind? Do you use your hand? Do you use sage? Do you light a candle? Do you jump around? How? <laughs> it's a, it's do a you good question. Get rid of this so, energy. There's a short answer, and then the long answer is 20 years of practice. And becoming a healer means getting healing forces interested in you. That's done by being on the same frequency as them. And how do you become on the same frequency as a healing force? People can naturally, just accidentally, become tuned to healing. There's a lot of people in the world that you just feel better being around. Mm -hmm. And they may have something unseen living with them. The big concept is that there is help. There's unseen help that God didn't just leave us alone down here. There is distance from God and people feel that and they feel and often they get whiny and they say you know, sorry to say that, but people say, oh God's left us alone down here to scramble around in the muck on our own. The thing is, if God was here right in the room, we would be blown to smithereens because whatever power created the entire universe is absolutely so mighty and so powerful, it would just obliterate things. So there's a step-down system 
Mm-hmm. Just like the power plant has a step down, they go through transformers so that you can then power your lights and not blow up your house. God works in a similar way. Human technology often reflects God. The distance is necessary because humans have freedom of choice. And that's the fundamental thing that makes us human, is that we have the freedom of choice to do whatever we choose to do. We do have prompters in us. We have, we've talked about that. We have a soul, we have a spirit that prompt us in the right direction. But the main thing is God wants the experiment to be unmessed with, meaning give us, give us space so that we can actually choose. So nothing is forcing us to do anything. So we can, we can choose what we want to do because God basically wants a return on investment from each person. And that's why there's so many unique people and why we're not all the same. We're not robots. He wants us to return to him? Um, yes, potentially. Give back. It's like a give back. Say you create something brand new. You write a poem that is absolutely divine. He wants us to be like him. Yes, yeah. He we're wants us in, to create. Made in the image of God, it said. And we actually have the power to create things that have never been before. And that's what God wants from us. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we would be robotic like a dog or a cat. There's different levels. I mean, th- those are planetary beings that bring healing and joy into our lives, and mm-hmm. they, they make the pla- they're part of the domestic life of the planet. But we are, we're really what it's all about. But mostly, we don't act that way because of freedom of choice. And here's where it gets back into addiction, is that people create energies all the time and have for millennia. People have created incredible, beautiful things, and they've created and done incredibly horrible things. That energy is still there. It goes somewhere. So we create the things that create the energy, or do we create the energy that creates the things? We... um, by our actions, we process energy and we give it form. It's like, imagine raw material force sitting behind me. I then speak and it goes into form. I draw a picture, it goes into form. person does something horrible, that forces that, that pure force into a lower form. Now that's there on the planet and then people have to process that. So mostly addiction is when people are kind of stuck in lower levels of the energy bands of the planet. So we want people to call you and experience a healing session. How long does it take normally, if you can put a number on this kind of thing, to uh, move away from an addiction? Usually, I have different kind of programs for different addictions, but usually it's say with smoking I see a person up to four times usually people always they normally quit on the very first session and then the follow-up sessions are to reinforce it so say for alcohol I'll see a person up to seven times but it's usually like after about four it's locked in and then people kind of have uh, they can come back if they feel that they're teetering or something quickly if you can tell us quickly what a session is like when because you know you we've told people that you make you friendly with the healing forces mm. and the healing forces are coming in you're not going to necessarily touch the people but what's going to happen in a session right so we sit down they've prepared have a phone call before people have prepared and gotten rid of whatever the addictive thing is from the house although they keep with it right up to the session then get rid of it at the session or before Uh, sit down we talk over what they need to do and not do for best results it's mainly staying clear of people that have the same addiction, things that would remind them of it, clearing the home, the car, any any place that they would do whatever it is. Then 
we, we talk over if they have any special circumstance or they have any special concerns. And there's, there's a little, like, drinking lots of water afterwards to flush out the system. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. That conversation part is usually about half an hour. Then have them lay on a table, and the healing happens. I just have them picture themselves someplace in nature, m- mainly just so that their mind has something to do and they're not too concerned what is this guy doing what's happening i hope it works but more just so that they can relax then i work in the energy field there's a couple of points that i sometimes touch on the head and arms but when you work in the energy field what does that mean okay are you using your hands are you using your mind both the mind is the tuning mechanism for anything so i'm inviting healing forces and I'm asking them to come and do it. Because healing forces, they're the things that, that actually do the healing. A healer person doesn't. The best thing that a healer can do is basically get out of the way. And you get out of the way, but you're still active. So you're, right. I'm working with my hands because I know how to move energies with my hands. But it's, it's, it's really my own energies that I'm using to, to help. But the healing forces themselves, they're designed. They're part of... See, I didn't finish before. There's God over there, human over here. There's this whole infrastructure of help. In and between. In between. And the healing forces are part of that. Okay. And they basically, they carry, they cleanse a person. They make them feel settled, brought back to who they are. They inspire. They show a person that there's another option. They bring illumination. Whatever that word illumination means, more light, less mm-hmm. dark. There's there's more possibility. There's all kind of rebalancing of those those energy pathways. They basically eat static energies and and corrupt energies. They they feed. They they eat it. That's their design. Is they eat it and it's not harmful for them. Mm-hmm. Just like the relationship between humans and plants, carbon dioxide and oxygen is this exchange. So that goes on at this level too. And the person, normally, what people say to me is that they. They either fall asleep or they feel, they feel, a lot of people feel energies. You'd, you'd be surprised. It's not just the healy-feely people of the world that feel it. Mm-hmm. Very, I've had, you know, people that are in construction that, that suddenly they say, wow, I, what just I'm happened? feeling this. Right. What's going on? The human design is sensitive right. to this stuff. So you call in the energetic scrubbing bubbles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you get out of the way. Yeah. Now. I have so many questions around this. Yeah. So many questions around this. And I want to tell everybody, we're talking to Steve Quinn. We're talking about his uh, business where you can see him and he'll do energy work and help you with addictions and everything else going on in the world. I've experienced this from you twice. Both times I felt pinned to the table in the most Mm. beautiful way. Mm. I felt um, a a hum of energy going up and down the front of my body. Mm. And I felt a crown of energy zipping around Mm. my head. And I dug it totally. I had a big smile on my face. And the second time when I sat up, I said, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like a hug. Yeah. It didn't yeah. feel like, oh, Casey, I'm here to heal you. Although it, although there was an element of that, it felt like um, a, an intentional wave that had a job to do and then left. Yeah. 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 So these healing forces, I'm, I'm guessing there are many levels of healing forces. Yeah. Do you have like your own six pack or, you know, you know, do you know is, one from the other? Um, I know that what I deal with is very high. It's often very cold. The higher a thing is, the colder it is, mm-hmm. which people often get that backwards. But it's it, we're meant to run cool, not hot, you know, hot emotion, hot anger, things like that. Those are lower. 
um, high things are very cool. And like you say, impersonal in a, is a very interesting word. I was very caught when you said that because nobody had ever said that before, but it's, it's very true. It's these things, they're there to help the human race. It's not so much personal, although it can help you with your personal job to do. There's different levels. I'll often find that there's a first level that comes in. It's like the ground troops that come in and mm-hmm. clear the area. And then there's other levels that come in that are that may be more specific, higher. Different things do attend with different people. Mm-hmm. That's a curious one. If a person is religiously inclined, there's often religious forces that will turn up. It's, it's curious. There's a difference between religious unseen world's force and healing force, curiously enough, even though they're all... They're all religious in, the, in their way. They're all, they all serve the same, the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, to me, it felt like nature. I spend a lot of time in nature. That's my religion. Right. So maybe somebody who speaks the language of, say, Judaism will feel yeah. something Judaic. Yeah. yeah. Right? It could be often, it's curious, I mean, you're getting into more specifics, but often gold force will turn up with, well, I wouldn't say just with Judaism, although that is a gold-natured religion. Mm -hmm. It's very stable, very still. Christianity and Islam are silver religions. We're talking about the different kinds of energy that come, these, these, what did you call them? Healing forces that come. I have so many questions around this. Mm -hmm. We're going to put silver and gold on the shelf for one second. That's a massive topic. A massive topic. What's the most this energy can do? What's the most? I mean, it can do things from healing physical ailments. I've never had a, a cure of cancer to date, although um, teachers of mine have. Curing of, of wounds, injuries, burns and, and cuts and things like that are, are simple for them. Mm-hmm. Most special is, I think, psychological rebalancing and a person getting out of, yes, really getting out of the fog of lower things and back to themselves because these lower lower forces they do inveigle a person they cause a person to forget that there's something more did you say inveigle yeah i don't know what that means it just confuse okay uh, basically like a fog over the over the faculties i had one of those when i went to you <laughs> inveigle all right i'll write that one down so so when you say it can heal wounds instantaneously or just quick quicker uh, faster. faster faster that's what i've experienced um where does the healing energy come from these healing forces that's a good question you asked that before I, i've I'm still you really don't it. know. It's it's the thing is time and space doesn't it, they don't matter okay. to healing forces. It's not like they live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they travel here. Although maybe there's a special anchor point somewhere in the planet or in the universe, uh, they do have they do have an ability to travel outside of time. And this is quantum physics is discovering this that that if a particle is moved here. A corresponding particle will move. It doesn't matter how far away. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a to do with tuning, and something being on the exact same frequency. Okay. Yeah. So we don't know where it comes from. Maybe a Just star. Maybe a planet. Maybe under from, the bed. Somewhere from God. Somewhere it's put in place by okay. by God. Does it ever come unbidden? Ah, that's a good question. If a person is open and asks in a way, people, you say, I say that you have to ask high things to help. Low things, they don't, they're impolite. Low things are not polite. They just come in. Right. We know that. High things you need to ask because there is a law that says don't intervene. But there are high things that are natural to our design. And their job is keep us well, keep us safe, keep us whole. 
So those are but we have to automatic. Ask. Those no. things we don't. Like it, what I'm describing is as simple as breathing. You don't have to ask to breathe, but there's some force, there's some some command in our system that says lungs, you breathe for this person. Right. Heart, you pump for this person. So there are, what I'm saying is there are automatic levels of of helping forces. And then there's also higher forces that a person needs to be attractive to and invite. And some things may take decades of yeah. invitation. Okay. Do you use this on yourself? Yeah. Like every day? Yeah, yeah. How long does it take? I mean, it's it becomes a kind of a constant state. Yes, it becomes a constant state. <laughs> right. So you become the healing force. You become the carrier for the healing force. You become force. a carrier for it. And it does tune you and you become like it. Yeah. You feel co- confident that it's with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or it's nearby. Or it's I mean, nearby. I'll go distant. I have a life like anybody else, ups and downs and, and things like things that people are often the things that people have to watch out for, emotion and mind states, stress, mm-hmm. things like this. High things can't touch that. They can't They can't go in there unless they're invited. But that's a, a person gets themselves worked up or in a state and they can leak all kind of energies. Right. So there's a lot of training to be done not to leak stupid emotion, I call it. Do you yeah. like put out a sign that says healing forces welcome here? Anything in your house to remind the healing forces oh, to hang around? That's a really good idea because absolutely you can design your home, you can design your space to be inviting to mm-hmm. things. I mean, I don't have a poster on the wall in the healing room of some, you know, metal band. Right. You know, I have fine looking things, fine colors, plants, things that are attractive. People are attracted when they go in there. They say, wow, this is a very peaceful environment. Yeah. So you can do things and things have a special meaning to me, which then that's through my mind and my connection that that's a, an anchor for something, a, right. an invitation. We yeah. both just said anchor at the same time. Yeah. Can you see it? The healing, healing force? forces? I've seen parts of them on occasion. Flashes? Yeah, yeah. I'll see colors. There's often, they're very vibrant, beautiful colors. Yellows and greens, quite a bit. Purples, blues. But they're very not fine. chakra related? Um, not exactly. Not exactly. There's an overlay. I, I work with a different overlay than the chakras, but it does have a corresponding nature. Uh, can you, well, obviously, you feel it come and go. You know when it's done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. More or less, yeah. And then it leaves. Yeah. Okay, how do you sense it? How do you know it's there? I feel well-being. I feel tingling in my hands. I feel, it's like you can register, you could, you actually register it with your own aura. Your aura is, it has a nerve-like um, nature. You can sense it. Everybody's experienced that somebody is looking at them from behind and then they turn and yes, somebody was actually looking at them. And mm-hmm. how do you feel that? The person was 50 feet away. And that's because energy flows out of people's eyes mm. and touches the edge of the aura and your aura you have basically an extension an unseen extension of your nerve life just like you have an unseen extension of every sense people can see then they can see energy sometimes if they and if you train yourself you can actually learn how to do it people can hear sometimes they'll hear a high-pitched sound mm-hmm. i'll often hear a very high-pitched fine sound when the healing force is present they can feel it. They, there's even electrical smells. Mm-hmm. I mean, some sometimes when I'm working on people, is not so pleasant electrical smells that leave the person really? as stuff is going. Because low things, they're they're a conglomerate of whatever it is. It's got a feeling, you know, prickly or clumpy. Funky. Yeah, and then I just draw it out and flick. 
Get you draw it out and flick, but do you put it out the window? Like, where does it go? I often chuck it into a plant. Plant. It's not poisonous for plants, but also the heal- mainly the healing force eats it. The healing force eats it, like Pac-Man. Can you send it to someone without their knowing? Can you send a healing force over to somebody, like as a like a Christmas card or something? It's like the idea of praying for someone, mm-hmm. right? It's best to pray that you are able to connect to healing forces first. It's best to pray that you connect to healing forces first. Pray that the healing force comes to you. So that's what prayer is. Is actually P means potent, and ray is just like that. So it's you send a potent ray out of yourself, mm-hmm. and something gets on that frequency, something hears it and says, okay, I'm going to respond. And it, if you make the right signal, they cannot not respond. Now, sending it to someone without their knowledge, it touches into a kind of a moral area. You can do it, but have with it the thought that the person has their own free will. They can take it if they want it. Like, imagine it surrounding the person. If They, they can take it if they want it. If they don't want it, it just will go on to someone who does want it or something. Okay, conversation one in the books. Steve Quinn, quitwithquinn.com. We have more from Steve in the coming weeks. We'll do that as quick as I can. And hi, I'm Casey. Shining on with you. Find out more about me at Casey.co. Our thought for the day is from Steve Quinn, who said, The big concept is that there is help. There's unseen help. God just didn't leave us alone down here. Go ahead. Invite that help in and shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.